Welcome to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. Welcome back to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset podcast with me, Johnny Pardo. Today, I have a special guest on the episode with me. I've got Trisha Crossafoli, and we're going to be talking about writing, self-confidence, and much, much more, including some of her characters and her journey in her writing career as well. So uh, Patricia has a special mission, and her special mission is to help people discover and embrace the story of their lives and uncover the extraordinary within the ordinary. So welcome to the show, Patricia. Thank you, Johnny. It's a pleasure to be here. Ah, well, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you as well. So I'm excited about our conversation. So I know you, I, I love writing and I know you've written and you love writing. So my kind of first question really, what got you inspired to be a writer? And perhaps a little bit about your, your story and, and your mission, a few highlights from that. Love to. So I wanted to be a writer all my life. It started literally when I was seven years old and I used to tell myself stories, right? And I would have these epic ideas in my head. And one day I sat down at my dad's desk and I printed this wonderful story in my head and it was four sentences long. So clearly... Clear there, there, there was more to this, but I remember the kind of the magic of that something that was in my imagination could be captured in paper. So fast forward many, many years, you know, my writing career, my desire to be a writer took me first into a journalist and everything from local papers to going to New York and then Chicago and working for Reuters and, and being a, a pretty serious business journalist. And then I became an author in nonfiction nothing wrong with nonfiction. It was great. I had a few books there, some leadership books. I was co-authoring a few, but fiction, the art of storytelling always called to my heart. And I needed to learn this craft and it's different than the nonfiction craft, mm. not better, just different. And what that required me to do was two things. Number one, give myself permission at an age when people aren't really often starting off on new things, I got an advanced degree. I went back to school for an MFA at Northwestern University at the age of 52. And it's a five-year program that then produced a creative thesis. And then that became a novel and then had a rewrite. All this has taken me to the launching of my debut novel, it's hard to say this at the age of 62, but if you don't admit it, it becomes a negative and it's not a negative. So I am living, breathing proof. Honestly, it is a journey. And number two, it's never too late. There's never a perfect age to stop or start. Just go for it. If it's there, one step after the other, because it is, I know it's a cliche, but it really is a journey and it's a process. And in the process of getting better at the craft, I had to go deep within about permission to myself, giving myself permission, self-esteem, self-confidence. And mm. when is no a no? And when is no, just a not yet. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I can certainly tell by your energy, it's something that excites you and really lights you up. So uh, I'm really, you know, really pleased to hear you've gone down that 
that direction. So you talk a lot. So could you tell us a little bit about what your latest book's about that you've been writing? It's so fun because it's called The Secrets of Oneida Harbor. And it's a mystery, a classic mystery. I kind of call it Nancy Drew for adults. Hmm. But The Secrets of Oneida Harbor is set in a small town in northern New York State. And it's the uncover, the discovery and the uncovering of the extraordinary in the midst of the ordinary. It's a typical murder mystery, but the part that I really, I think makes my stories different is that, and it's a metaphor and it's a metaphor. And it's also a, a, a symbol for all of us in our lives. There is an artifact. There is a thing that's lost in history that needs to be found, that needs to figure out where it belongs. And my protagonist, who is a librarian, a researcher, an authenticator, it's her job. It's her quest to figure this out. And that's how the secrets of Oneida Harbor unfolds. And what does that might sound like is a mystery. Every mystery is the hero's journey. It's what we all embark on in our own lives. And it's what my protagonist, Gabriella, what she has to confront and embrace in the authentication. What this story is lots of twists and turns and whodunits and surprises and all the things you'd expect in a mystery. And I think people will find it enjoyable and entertaining. But I also hope that they see that little deeper theme that pops up here and there about Gabriella giving herself permission, Gabriella confronting her self-esteem and her self-confidence issues, and every single person, because it's the unwitting heroes who are the stars of the show. The guy who lives under the bridge, the guy who gets himself in trouble, the person who's in the background, the person who considers themselves outside the mainstream. All of us have these feelings at times. Some of us might identify with that. And that's really, I think, the heart and soul of the secrets of Onita Harbor. Wow. Yeah, I like the, uh, the hidden message you've got there as well. So uh, or not maybe not so hidden depends how, how much you look into that meaning really and finding the the external extraordinary in the ordinary day-to-day -day lives so for so perhaps for someone who's, who's kind of like taking that on board and they're thinking hmm, I haven't really got much special about my life I'm just going through day-to-day is there is there kind of any guidance the book inspires them to start with or have you got kind of any direction that you'd encourage them to go absolutely thank you a big plot point in the secrets of onita harbor is the discovery of a thing that shows up in a rummage sale donation okay and that actually triggers the book it's from right there in chapter one it's this little what looks like a little tchotchke it turns out to be no a little bit of a spoiler alert but not really a medieval artifact okay and it's something that excites all of us we read a story about you know the rembrandt that shows up in the garage sale it's something we all hope for we love stories about hidden treasure and there was an article not too long ago about somebody pried up the floorboards and found a little sack of gold coins and worth 200,000, whatever. We love those stories. Why is that? Yes, it's exciting to think about something of value that we find. But I think that's the longing that we all have with deep within ourselves, that there's more to us. There's more to me. There's more to you. There's more to day to day life. 
And in every single day, there is that opportunity to suddenly have something extraordinary happen. Now, there was a day when I received an email from my agent saying, you've got an offer for your book. That was a pretty amazing, extraordinary day, right? But there were little extraordinary days that led up to that. Like every time I sat down and I made progress or I got an idea or I had an enriching conversation. Most important, the thing that each of us have been endowed with as human beings is our curiosity. There is something, there's a mystery tugging and picking and kind of kind of tapping on each of our brains. It might be something as, you know, I've been looking at that street mural every time I go to my favorite coffee shop. Who painted that? Or maybe it's there's this old photograph in the family album when there's somebody standing behind my mom and dad and I have no idea who it is. They could be tiny, but there's something in this curiosity that gets us interested, that kind of makes us go within. Or I've always wanted to try something, or I always wanted to do something. That curiosity, that interest is begging us, is inviting us to go deeper. And if we say yes, even with a baby step, our lives can open up. And then suddenly there's more extraordinary moments in ordinary life and more opportunities to see that we are more than what we might have put ourselves into a smaller box sometime along the line. And that helps us elevate self-confidence and elevate our self-esteem. Hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about, you know, your example of when that, when the book opportunity came along, but actually there was moments, those magical sort of moments of sitting down and, and writing it. And often we can get caught on the, what I picked out from that is we can get caught on like the big stuff, like that it's got to be that big special moment, but actually enjoying it as we go along the, the process and actually uh, you know, discovering those extraordinary moments are smaller things than we think sometimes. Um, or, well, depends how we perceive it. it. could be big things, but not necessarily things you would have noticed before. Um, so, no, that's, that's great. And is the, the characters from the book, um, are, they, are they sort of like parts of you, part of someone you know? or? Well, I think they're all parts of me, uh, <laughs> you know, including the bad guys. <laughs> because you know we write what we know i, I really do um identify with my my protagonist gabriella um you know she's 40 which is younger than i am and she's a single mom and i i was that once um and i know about this and, and the, what i i really identify with her and i think a lot of us will regardless of circumstances her life is a constant series of spinning plates i got home i got my job i got this i got that mm. and she's and she thinks she has to do it all and all by herself and what it, and it's really self-defeating and what she has to learn is about trusting and about reaching out and that reaching out isn't defeat and defeat is a big kind of setup for her because she is where she does not want to be this did not happen to me but I think we've all had a circumstance in life where we go whether it's a job or a circumstance or a, a physical location where we're not where we want to be we really think we should be someplace else sometimes it's the catalyst that gets us moving other times, it's the catalyst that says, you're, you're not perceiving everything that is here, the old bloom where you're planted. 
So in each of my characters, and especially Gabriella, to make them real, to make them believable, and I hope relatable, I had to reach down and say, well, what are some of their character flaws and their kind of inner demons? Um, whether it's, and you know, I had so many, <laughs> so many to share. Um, with Gabriella, definitely that self-critic, that idea of belonging and what she deserves to have in her life. And I think a lot of us can kind of relate to that. What do we deserve to have? If we don't say yes to ourselves first, that yes, I have the right to pursue this. Nobody else can give it to us. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. We're, that, that empowers us. Uh, it's a very empowering message. I was, I was certainly picking up when you were saying that. And it sounds like uh, Gabriella had, you know, some some challenges with self-esteem, self-confidence. Uh, one one thing I particularly talk about on the podcast, and I've talked with many people, is this this self-doubt and it actually popping up in human beings at all different levels, shapes and forms, uh, different backgrounds, different circumstances. Whether they're, you know, a CEO of a company or someone who's who's struggling to get by day to day we is, is a very very common theme and through the the self-doubt is this something that the character dives into and pushes through through the story well you know since she's at the in the crosshairs of a mystery she doesn't really have any choice <laughs> and that's the other thing about the extraordinary it is like if you think about you know joseph campbell in the the, the, the mythology of our time and and needing to uh embrace the hero's journey when we are thrust into something that says, you have to do this. Maybe it's something that we read about, you know, um, you know, Luke Skywalker in Star Wars is the classic hero's journey, right? You know, it's, you're a Jedi, congratulations. Or it's Gabriella saying, you're now an authenticator in your hometown. You're not in your dream job in New York anymore, but here you are. And by the way, this puts her in danger because this is a mystery. Or it's you and me saying, goodness gracious, I'm getting ready for your podcast and I need my A game. Or you with your next amazing adventures as you've had so many, Johnny. Like all of us have these moments when we have to go deep, when we have to go big. And we say, I'm enough and I have enough and I know. With Gabriella and a lot of us, we may have confidence in our abilities certain abilities, right? Intellect, experience, knowledge, know-how, network, like I can do that. But the self-esteem part can be the break while the self-confidence wants to hit the gas. The self-esteem can be hitting the break. And I know in my life, that has been a push-pull, 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 stop-start, stop-start, stop-start. And self-esteem is the deserving part. Deserving to be happy, deserving to be loved, deserving to be supported, deserving to be helped, deserving of the good things that come along. And for Gabriella, as she engages in this hero's journey, in this mystery unfolding of the authentication, authentication of the relic of trying to solve, you know, it helps solve and stay out of the danger of, you know, the murder mystery and all the things that swirl around her in the essence is who am I? Where do I belong? Do I have what I need? Do I have what I need for my life and for my mission? I think that's a story, old as human time, 
but also very, very applicable to these times when a lot of us have felt isolated or insulated and maybe kind of wonder now as life opens up and begins again physically and emotionally, where can I take this experience and help it enrich the rest of my life? Mm. Yeah. Sounds like a <laughs> wonderful character, certainly, and how how she's kind of looking on looking on life and reflecting and moving forward, therefore, as a result as well. So yeah, and a lot of what you said about actually she's asking herself, uh, am I deserving of this? And those are the questions that I've commonly had in myself. Um, those are questions that I speak to many, many people. So Thanks for bringing them to light, really, in this in this book, um, particularly in the in the theme of it. So, um, no, that's that's great. And one thing I wanted to touch on was you you've obviously written this this book, which can be you know quite a daunting task, uh, and then you know quite a lot to do. It can be very very fun as well. But like at the beginning, it can be wow, you know, I've got you know, there's quite a lot to do. For kind of maybe and. Sounds like it fits with the theme of the book as well on some of the the themes and that uh, Gabriella's going through. For the kind of overthinkers out there, how did how did you kind of like push through that? Oh man, overthinking. If I didn't overthink, I wouldn't, my brain wouldn't have nearly enough to do. So I get <laughs> it. You know, it's you know, again, it's I we always want a lot of us are perfectionists right and we think we have to have everything solved and all the the threads there was it's simply the discipline of putting down doing the words doing the paragraphs doing the pages of just doing it and then in the revision process because I might one of my favorite quotes is art is in the rewrite we push mm -hmm. it forward we go back we comb through and it's it's a, it's it's like this waves on a beach. It's push, pull back, and go up a little forward. Like the tide is coming in, and that kind of rhythm is how I like to work. Because you know I'll be overthinking. Oh gosh, that I use this adjective. How come I use this verb three times? And this like I can get into the weeds and the minutia way too early before I'm in that kind of draft editing. And I tell myself it's okay. Push on. Keep going, keep your eye on where you want to go. Because sometimes the overthinking is good information. Like you have a problem in the plot that needs to be addressed right now, right? And sometimes it's just distraction. It's some kind of self-esteem and disguise going, well, you can't do this, can you? I can't do this, can you? And um, I have a little trick called listening to my inner critic which uh, if you want, if we have time, I'll tell you about. Oh yeah, please. Now that's, uh, that's okay. <laughs> I have an inner critic who is, has like, is the most resilient inner critic, no matter how much therapy and coaching I have done over the years. And it's a lot, a lot. And I yeah. recommend it folks. It's the way to push through, but my inner critic just wouldn't shut up. And so finally it was a wise coach who said to me, you know, <laughs> Rather than telling your critic, sit down, you've, you've had your say, I listened with discernment. And I said, is my inner critic raising an issue that it all resonates, such as, you know, do you have a good 
uh, marketing plan? Are you on social media? Is there is there a lesson learned from the snarky voice that goes, how are they going to find you? You're a drop of sand and on the ocean of life, right? That kind of like neg negative nagging voice. Was there any wisdom to glean from it? Was there anything that the inner critic was telling me about, um, you know, because it always that inner critic always finds the saw the, the 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 weak point. Did I need to address a weak point and see if it was good and strong and the critic would go away, or was there holy smoke that was a great piece of wisdom? That's how I made peace with my inner critic. I wrote it down. Mm. I looked at it. Is there any wisdom to parse out? Took away the criticism thematically and found that my inner criticism began to go down because I began to listen with the discernment, not to cut myself to pieces, but to see if there was something getting my attention for that last little bit that could be better. Mm, it's almost like um, frustration, changing that kind of frustration and uh, conflict into intrigue, almost intrigued, like fascination from it and just thinking, hmm. What are you saying? And just kind of what being a bit more saying? present. Beautiful. So well said. What are you saying? And I think that's where also the overthinking comes in, right? Because if the overthinking is just panic, then it's time to take a breath and be discerning. If that overthinking is, I'm really worried about uh, slide five in my deck for the next client pitch or, um, you know, the menu for this catering thing or page 67 of my, whatever it is, right? If the overthinking is getting our attention, then address it. If it's just panic because it's an old habit, then it's the breath to calm down. I got this. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. And we just all deserve this. We all do any age, any stage, we deserve it because we have something to say, whether it's in the conversation on the written page in a podcast and a speech or in an interaction at work, we have something to say. We have a story to tell and experience and we can enrich our own lives and others by showing that curiosity and imagination are wonderful gifts to have and to follow wherever they take us. Hmm. It's, it's, it's so funny you should be talking about imagination. I've been, it's all the books I've been listening to recently, uh, been talking about using that imagination to create, you know, what you, what you want to make real. And you've done it in the case of a book here, uh, but there's, you know, human beings been doing it since uh, the beginning of age, creating stuff on the imagination and being able to do that. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you could kind of, touch on that and uh leave us with that today so um it's really it, it sounds like a, a really i always love a mystery so a really exciting and intriguing mystery book to to get involved with so where can um where can people find your work is it is it on amazon is it on your website well, they can find it anywhere books are sold. So The Secrets of Onita Harbor, O-H-N-I-T-A, Harbor, H-A-R-B-O-R. You can find it Barnes & Noble and Amazon and your favorite online booksellers. Go to your local bookstore. If they don't have it, ask them to order it. Let's support our lovely local bookstores too. Mm. Um, I always try to do that wherever I am. But um, it's brand new from Woodhall Press. Thank you, Woodhall Press. And... Um, 
you know, thank you very much because I hope you enjoy it. If you like a good mystery, it's a classic kind. And I think you'll find some characters that will resonate and stir up both empathy, compassion, and intrigue. Mm, and certainly relatable characters in there as well to really get us thinking about ourselves and where we're going and our missions. Um, and yeah, so once again, uh, Patricia, like a big thank you for coming on today and sharing some of these amazing insights from your book. I'm really uh, excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go order myself a copy. I'm really intrigued to find out a little bit more about them. So yeah, we'll, we'll link that up in the show notes as well. So uh, appreciate you coming on and sharing today. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure as well. Absolutely. So that concludes our episode for today. And remember, work on your self-confidence every single day. <laughs>